poetry is the key to understanding language. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So if you've been a listener of our podcast for any length of time, then you know occasionally we have episodes that I like to call When Andrew's Away. This year, however, there hasn't been too many of these When Andrew's Away podcasts because, quite frankly, Andrew isn't going anywhere because he's not allowed to leave. All the homeschool conferences and school conferences have been canceled this year, and so He's stuck at home, and we get to have a conversation week after week about various topics. But the truth is, he is not here right now today because he is at the pool playing with his grandchildren, who are delighted that Grandpa didn't have to fly away to Florida or North Carolina or Alaska or any one of a dozen or more places that he was scheduled to speak. He is stuck at home and he gets to play with them. And he's actually getting quite tan and getting quite fit by working out with his grandchildren every day. So no one around to have a podcast with. I looked around and lo and behold, Linda Makotas happens to be on the scene. Welcome, Linda, to our podcast. It's just accidental that I'm here. Yes, not <laughs> at all. Actually, Linda, you live in Illinois. I do. I live in the Chicago area. And you are here visiting us because, tell us what you're doing here this week. I am conducting the Primary Structure and Style Workshop for teachers in kindergarten, first, and second grades. Right. So Linda is our lead Implementation coach, which is a fancy way to say she goes out and travels. Oh, not doing a lot of that either, are you? No. No. (laughs) But she travels across the United States, either virtually or in person, and trains teachers in full-time classrooms on how to implement the structure and style approach in the classroom. And so, Linda, you teach teachers of all grades. I do. I work with kindergarten through grade 12, Right, actually. And there's a variety of professional development days that we offer. Mm -hmm. And so I get to, did you hear that word, get to? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) My favorite professional development days of all we give are when I'm in your classrooms. That's when I learn an immense amount from you and from your students, frankly. And I the stories I learn, I take back and I share and with other teachers. But the day that I teach in your classroom and with your students is a favorite. But the most favorite day is the reverse. It's the flip where I get to sit in the back and watch you. And you know how you will do whatever it takes for your students to be successful. 
I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But my te- my students happen to be teachers, right? Exactly. <laughs> not children. So I get to see everything that I've poured into the training of that teacher come out in mm-hmm. that lesson with her students. I also get to see how he or she makes the method their own, their own personality coming through the true method, you know, of IEW. So that's my favorite is when I get to watch other teachers. Yes. And you know what my drive is? Mm. My drive is that students do not grow up to be like me. Oh, okay. I finally learned how to write when I attended in 1997, mm. Andrew's workshop when IEW was just being born. And in fact, Andrew told me it was the first month he launched his business full time. Yeah. So 23 years ago. Yeah. Although it's been 25 since IEW has existed, but 23, you know, since I learned. So I didn't want students to grow up to be like me and to be 34 years old. And finally learn how to write. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And in this country, how can it be? You know, I didn't learn how to write in school. I didn't have a methods class on how to teach writing for my elementary degree. I didn't have a methods class on how to remediate writing for my special ed degree. Yet, I was supposed to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. And I could do neither when I left. So years went by until I finally learned how to write. So when I'm in your classrooms and watching your children flourish, my goal, my personal drive is being met. And that just inspires me to do it again and again. So Andrew, of course, learned this structure and style approach to teaching writing from his mentor, Dr. Webster when he and his wife, Robin, went to that tiny little town of Gourard. And Linda, I don't know if you haven't been there before. I did go up there one year, and I flew to Edmonton, Mm -hmm. Alberta, and the flight was a four-hour flight. And then I rented a car and drove for five more hours. As far as I know, the sun never set as far north as I was going (laughs) to this tiny little town. Uh And there Mrs. Ingham was teaching her blended sound site program at the same time that Dr. Webster was teaching his blended structure and style in composition program. And similar to what I went to in 2007 is what Andrew went to in 1990. So many, many years earlier, where they kind of divided the whole group into, are you teaching primary or are you teaching not primary? So are you teaching elementary school and older? Mm -hmm. And that's where Andrew hung out. He hung out with Dr. Webster. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Webster actually has taught every single level all the way from, you know, the primary grades all in the one-room schoolhouse as well as the master's level and beyond at the University of Dalhousie. Mrs. Ingham loved the primaries, and she was the first grade teacher that just oozed and bubbled with joy and enthusiasm, and she just loved her students. And so, Linda, you're here today teaching Mrs. Ingham's class, the primary, we call it primary structure and style Mm -hmm. workshop, 
which is so many different things. And we do not have time to talk about the whole thing because that would take four days because that's how long you're here. (laughs) But I do want to just share that Linda teaches all grade levels, but right now she is focusing this week on teaching the primary grades. Linda, I wanted you to share some of the wisdom that you learned from Mrs. Ingham that you are now bringing to today's teacher in the year 2020. Well, I was really blessed because the year that I joined IEW was the year of a writing conference. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Murrieta, California. Mm-hmm. That's where you and I met. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And that is where I met Mrs. Ingham and her daughter, Shirley George, who's a master second grade teacher in her own right. And I got to see these components of the method in a workshop on poetry, a workshop on Sound City, and I got to see it all come together in my mind. So now that our our primary materials have been out with the teachers for many years now, I am watching it come alive mm-hmm. over and over. But the there are several key components. The first is poetry and the necessity of poetry. And correct me if I'm wrong, but over the last 12 years of being in classrooms, I have watched the language that children come to school with decline. Mm -hmm. Their vocabulary is declining. Their reading comprehension is declining because of lack of vocabulary. Sentence structure is short. They're thinking in bits and bites Mm -hmm. instead of in complete thoughts. So poetry is the key to understanding language. When I was young, my mom read to me all the time, Mm -hmm. and we had all the nursery rhymes memorized. And then we did, you know, the hand motions like Miss Mary, Mac, 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 all dressed in black, black, black. You know, so we did, then we did all the clapping, you know, Mm -hmm. that went with everything. And acted all of the stuff out. And then when I had children, of course, I did the same thing. But parents are not doing that anymore. Mm. Children are not coming to school, or I should say not very often, coming to school with nursery rhymes memorized. So why is that important, mm-hmm. right? And then we have to ask that. It's important because children are memorizing the meter the rhyme, the tempo of the English language, they're also memorizing the syntax Mm. of the English language, which can then be put into writing. But if they have not internalized a much more complex sentence structure, how are they ever supposed to write one? Mm -hmm. So by memorizing these poems, the students are then able to take what's in there, as Andrew says, Mm -hmm. and get it out of there, right? But if you don't put it in, how are you going to get it out? Right. You can't. And then this is what we're seeing in grades all the way up into high school. So they're missing those foundational elements of language development. And so the decline in language can easily be rectified if we institute poetry at all grade levels, not just at the primary grades. This is true all the way up. Now, it's embedded in our primary structure and style. We have a poem a week 
that students are memorizing. And I like to have the children help me come up with the motions, you know, to act them out, because that helps to put this into long-term memory storage Mm -hmm. whenever you can act them out. But we also have another program called Linguistic Development Through Poetry Memorization for grades three on up. And you're memorizing speeches, you know, at the middle school and high school level of important people Mm -hmm. in history and in time. And uh, to be able to internalize not only what they're saying, but why they're saying it and how their sentence structure is so different Mm -hmm. from the way that we speak now. But if you're taking students that have limited language skills and putting them into a freshman Shakespeare class, we're going to have a problem. Yes, probably. (laughs) You know, but if we can enrich them with poetry that even has language, Mm -hmm. like how doth the little crocodile, Mm -hmm. which is a second grade poem, how doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail (laughs) and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale. So if you think about that, where's the Nile River? In Egypt. And what is the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? Uh, The size and shape of its snout. (laughs) And the Nile River is the only river that runs north instead of south. There you go. So we can teach geography. Mm -hmm. We can teach science. We can teach uh, rhyming. We can talk about long vowel sounds, Nile, crocodile. There's so much that can be put in to poetry. Mrs. Ingham said that poetry should be used as an integrator. Mm -hmm. So it includes everything. So why not teach it together? Right. And Mm -hmm. we've We've segmented education in the United States, and and in my education that was true. We have reading time, we have math time, we have science time, of course, you know, we're going to have that. And we have writing time Mm -hmm. in in some schools, they have writing time. But why not incorporate writing into reading? Why not take the phonetic concepts that you're learning, like AI as in nail. It's another poem for the want of a nail. And if you're learning AI, why not point that out in the poem Mm -hmm. and have the children find it and circle it and give them a copy of it? Mm -hmm. We have big posters that are living color and they're They are laminated with a nice thick lamination. Teachers can write on them with dry erase markers. And so it's very interactive. So I I do want to interrupt you and make sure that our listeners understand what Linda is talking about are our primary materials for our school teachers, our full-time school teachers. And we sell to school teachers these posters that have poetry three years of posters with poetry, stories, the unit charts. These are specific for the primary grade classrooms. This is a little different than what we sell to our homeschoolers, and that's the primary arts of language, where you do have inside your teacher book and in the student materials the poems. Some of the poems are the same. Some of the poems are different, but they're they're sized differently because a homeschooling parent would probably not want to plaster no. her entire house with all these posters because that's a pretty much what you would do. But these are mm-hmm. materials designed specifically for a full-time classroom. 
And just so that, we, and we'll put this link in the show notes, just so that you know, we have a part of our website. Our website is devoted to school teachers, and that's IEWschools.com. And there you will find all of our school's material, including what Linda is talking about today. And we'll, we'll include a link again in the show notes specifically for the primary grades so you can kind of see these beautiful posters, the curriculum suggestions that Linda is talking about as a way to integrate poetry with the teaching of phonics and penmanship and writing, and eventually the students are creating their own stories. They are. Now, what, one of the things that I think what you were doing, Linda, especially this week, that is a little different than what you do when you're working with older teachers, is you are teaching a course that right now, Andrew does not have a video course to support it. No. We, he does the teaching, writing, structure, and style, and that's primarily directed to grades three to 12. That's correct. And we have the video courses, structure and style for students, for students of the same grades. Level A is for elementary, level B, middle school, level C, high school. And these can actually be used in any environment, whether it be a classroom or a hybrid situation, or just mom or dad teaching their kids at home. But what we don't have is we don't have a video course at all for the teachers of primary grades, whether you're doing it at home or whether you're doing it in a classroom. But we are working to develop such a product possibly as soon as coming out in 2022. I know that seems like forever away, but my goodness, doesn't time go fast when we're trying to develop a new product? And Linda, you are doing such a fabulous job of teaching these teachers who are virtual. I mean, the teachers are there. Yes. They're really there, only they're wa- they're tuning in online and yes. watching you teach. And, of course, by you being here, Andrew is listening in <laughs> on your broadcast, which is probably a little intimidating. And it I makes, didn't know it, he was listening until a break time when he came in and shared that little news with me. <laughs> yes. It makes me think of how much you relish those observation days that you do yeah. and how intimidating it must be for the teacher to yes. have someone watch them. And you're yeah, you're feeling that right there with Andrew. Yeah, that's for sure. So I just wanted to be sure that our listeners understood we have a schools division, IEWschools.com, and then everyone else, IEW.com. And those school products that Linda is describing, those posters and such, those are on our school's website. Mm -hmm. So Linda, please continue. Talk more about the poetry and how that is the great integrator. Okay. Well, I should also mention that we are following social distancing protocol. Yes, we are. <laughs> because the teachers are all at home. So there are 79 mm-hmm. teachers registered from all over the United States and Alberta, Canada, which is where the birth mm-hmm. of the method was. And so we have everyone spread. Um, so we are meeting their needs, but they can stay home and mm-hmm. you know safely learn. So the one part is poetry, and the other part is the actual learning how to write. So when they now have poetry embedded in their brains and understand that language, uh, they are able to transition that into their writing. But one component of the poetry that starts right away in kindergarten is teaching parts of speech. So with IEW for grades three on up, it begins with teaching parts of speech through writing. Mm -hmm. And with the um, K-1-2, 
it starts in poetry. Mm. So if we have the poem jumper jiggle, frogs jump, caterpillars hump, can we find the nouns? Can we find the verbs? We can. And what do we have? Subject, predicate, subject, predicate, noun, Mm. verb, noun, verb. And students see a simple sentence, Mm -hmm. right, from which to build adjectives and adverbs. So they see, as we identify the different parts of speech, how a sentence is organized. And Mm -hmm. I like to use colors. And Mm -hmm. nouns would be a color and verbs would be another color. And they can see green nouns, blue verbs. Green, blue, green, blue, green, blue. And there's the subject, predicate, noun, Mm -hmm. verb. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to accidentally on purpose, um, (laughs) (laughs) internalize the syntax Mm -hmm. of the English language. So once that is done, it's 12 weeks in kindergarten before they ever do a keyword outline, Mm -hmm. seven weeks in first grade before they begin one, and two weeks in second grade. Their skills are very different level than kindergarten. And um, so then when it comes to the writing part, they do keyword outlines. And if you're listening and you understand what that is from grades three and above, They do that down below, too. Mm -hmm. And in kindergarten, it's oral. And the teacher writes down what the students give as a response. But first grade on up, we have papers that have the structure for the paragraph already printed on them with the lines and the dotted line and the spacing of the lines appropriate for Mm -hmm. their development. And um, so the children are writing those keyword outlines And then they are giving complete sentences Mm -hmm. before they ever write a single word on the page. Mm -hmm. So we start to hear what it is that we've put in Mm -hmm. when they make those sentences. That's the really interesting thing. There's a story that a teacher sent to me. She often sends me her student samples that she's very proud of. And what grade level does this teacher teach? She teaches second grade. Okay, great. In Michigan. Okay. And um, this little boy's name is Noah. Mm. And he wrote the story all by himself. And you can tell that the keyword outline was done well, and that was done as a class. But when it came to writing the story, by reading this, you know that... He, it all came from his imagination. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Well, the title is The Ingenious Fox. Now, ingenious is an incredible word for a second grader to learn. Where did he learn that? I know. Hmm. The poem that week was Ingen- The Ingenious Man. Oh, nice. And he fixed a hole in his boat. Oh. So they had talked about what ingenious means. Do you see the direct transition from poetry to the story, Mm -hmm. right? Applying it to a different character. So we have, there was an ingenious farmer. So he likes that word, so he's using it a lot. There was an ingenious (laughs) farmer who dug an amazingly deep well. The farmer, who suddenly left, forgot to cover the well. A crafty fox came running along and missed seeing a deep hazard, which was the well. The reason the fox missed it was because he was daydreaming of being chased by giant chickens. And it was summer, and the sun was shining, and the dream was scary. But all of a sudden, ka-splash, then kabam, he ended up getting whacked onto a rock by a swarm of powerful waves. Then the fox thought, who would ever do this? I'm trapped. 
Mr. Fox tried to jump, but he, he bumped into the wall, and he tried to climb it, but it was just too slippery. Amazingly, he landed on the rock. Fox, who was mad, plus frustrated and bewildered, roared with madness. Then he bellowed very loudly, Help! I'm doomed! Fox then thinks very hard and makes a plan. To Fox's super surprise, he hears the clip, clap, clip, clap, and thinks it's a goat. Fox, who had a plan, decided to trick the goat. Fox tempted goat because of the drought. Aren't you thirsty? Come, the water down here is magnificent. Goat jumped down, and like a lightning bolt, Fox escaped almost at the speed of light. Goodbye, Fox, said he said to the goat. Do not be tempted by an ingenious fox. Oh, that is brilliant. Listen wow. to the language. Yeah. It, it comes directly through that poetry and all of that work. And this was a six or seven line story mm-hmm. about the fox and the goat. Mm-hmm. That was original Aesop's uh, fable. Mm-hmm. But six or seven lines, this was three pages mm-hmm. that the student wrote. Where does it come from? His brain. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because of all of the modeling of all of the language that has been poured into his brain, it can all come out again. Right. And I'm actually hearing a lot of stylistic techniques in there, too. Oh, yeah. The L-Y, the who, which. He uses the title rule. Even the title Ingenious Fox comes from the last sentence. Mm -hmm. That is just incredible. Linda, in in the short time that we have left, if you can take a few minutes and talk a little bit about reading. Children in the K-1-2 grades, they're probably not reading really fluently. How on earth can they be writing if they're not reading? Can you just speak about that correlation? Yes. There is an oral component mm-hmm. to our method and a direct relationship to reading. Reading and writing go together hand in glove. Mm-hmm. And writing through through research has shown writing is the missing link for reading. The research was done by the Carnegie Foundation. When we create a keyword outline and the students are choosing two to three keywords from a sentence and writing it down. In units one and two. In mm-hmm. units one and two. Think about that for a minute. What words are they choosing? They're choosing the words that are going to help them remember the main idea of that sentence. Mm-hmm. And then they do it again and again and again. Let's say there are six sentences in the paragraph. They have now find them, found the main idea of every single sentence. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to comprehension? Yeah, it's going to skyrocket. It can't help but go up, right? And then the next step is to take that keyword outline and make oral sentences from it. So they hear themselves think, Right. Why do we have children read out loud? Mm-hmm. So they can hear themselves think. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we do this oral retelling. We're practicing the grammar and the syntax. What if they can't make a sentence? That's okay. One of their classmates can. And so we have the children working together as a group, and they learn from one another. Mm-hmm. It's that modeling and imitation that's so beautiful. Then the next step would be to write a sentence that makes sense. Now, if everyone in the class has the same outline, do you think everyone will have the same story? Um, I think your story that you just read (laughs) demonstrates the answer is absolutely not. (laughs) No, that's right. So they're able to take what's written down 
because it's telling them what to say. Mm-hmm. And they can now focus on how do I want to say it? Mm-hmm. How do I want to spin this sentence or spin this tale? Mm-hmm. How do I want to use this word that I just learned? Mm-hmm. Right? So they are now free to embellish and use their creativity and imagination. Now, if they can do this when they are writing on their own or writing as a class or with Mm -hmm. a partner, putting in the word ingenious is only going to help him when he reads it someplace else. Right. So all that vocabulary is going way up. And comprehension is weak because language is weak. And through IEW language grows. And you hear things like children tend to write the way they speak. So what's the moral of the story? We have to then improve the way they speak. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do with IEW with throughout various components in the method. So it's very engaging. And at the same time, they're catapulted. In fact, we had a teacher of the year mm-hmm. a few years ago from Illinois, mm-hmm. and her name is Jackie Hammond. You can read her story on our website, mm-hmm. and it was an interview with her, and she said that her reading scores soared mm-hmm. when her writing went up. She's a kindergarten teacher. She also said her first year, her students were doing in January what they were normally doing at the end of the year. Mm. Her second year with IEW, she said that they were doing in October what they were normally doing in January. So how does that happen? Poetry memorization. Hmm. That's where it starts. Yep. And then the writing component with it and doing it daily, Yep. you know, five days a week, carving out that time. If you want to grow reading, grow writing. Right. Wow, Linda. So I know that we've basically taken, as I said earlier, four days and tried to get it down into just one podcast episode. And I know after teaching just one day with your virtual students and the pictures that you've taped to the chair, um, I know that your brain's a little fried right now. I'm not going to keep you any longer, but I will just say you are a remarkable woman. I've known you for many, many years 13 years we've known each other, and you never cease to amaze me. And I'm so grateful (laughs) for what you are doing to bring excellence in writing all the way down to the primary grades. So thank thank you. you. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.